you've been listening to this podcast from the very beginning, you might have noticed an inconsistency. In some of the episodes, people call me Teo, and in others, people call me Tao. There's no right or wrong here really, because I actually identify with both, but in recent years I have tended to prefer Tao, which is the actual pronunciation of my name. Unlike most other Asian kids around me growing up, I was never given an English name by my parents because they didn't want to give me one. They believed my Chinese name was enough. And that's something I have really come to appreciate. But up until even four or five years ago, I was still telling people that my name was pronounced Teo. Even putting a little disclaimer in my email signature telling people to pronounce my name T-A-Y-O. And the vast majority of people I know in New Zealand say my name that way. But of course, this results in a situation where some people know me as Teo and some people know me as Tao. And honestly, if the people in my life who call me Teo were to suddenly start calling me Tao, it would feel kind of weird, like they were referring to somebody else. So I wanted to do an episode where I looked at the pronunciation of my name and of non-English names in general and how closely it's tied to identity. I want to firstly thank my friend Therese for joining me in this discussion, for sharing her experiences, and for always being so thoughtful and respectful in these conversations. And secondly, if you also experience something like this, then I would love to hear about it. So send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Not Your Token Minority Podcast. Thanks for joining me again, Therese, um, on this kind of random episode. But I really wanted to record it because it's something that's come up throughout the course of my life. And it's quite a personal issue. Uh, and I just wanted to talk about it because it's kind of causing a little bit of confusion in my, in my life, which, while not super significant, is just kind of annoying now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, when you met me, I introduced myself as Teo, right? Yes. But actually, my name is pronounced Tao. It always has been. But from a young age, I always, air quote, corrected people when they said Tao with Teo, because thinking back on it now, a lot of it was because I wanted like a whiter sounding name. Like I felt like this kind of need to fit in, right? And so I would kind of try and anglicize my name. And so what's happening now is that I, you know, I lived in Japan for three years. Over there, I, everyone called me Tao. So I became really comfortable with my identity, with the way that my name is supposed to be pronounced. Um, But now that I've come back with new people who I meet, I introduce myself with the proper pronunciation, but with people I've known for a while, like yourself and with my friends from school, with my partner, it's still Teo. And so it's just creating this confusion. (laughs) Because, you know, when people meet each other, they might pronounce my name differently. And so... Well, thank you so much for sharing this with me. Mm, Of course. I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing something like this with me. Because it's, I mean, your name is such an integral part to who you are as a person. And so like, first of all, I think it's awesome that you're even at like a point of emotional growth where you can even like be introspective about this and then be introspective with others about something so personal. So I'm, I'm very honored that you chose to share this with me. So thank you. Oh, of course. <laughs> I know we were talking before a little bit about 
just our own experiences with our names growing up. So, and I was saying how when I first met you, I didn't know how to pronounce your name. Have you also had, I don't know if it's the right word to say identity issues, but like how important was it to you that people said your name right? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. I certainly did have name angst for sure. And I used to tell people my name was Teresa. I would say call me T or like call me by my initials or call me Teresa. I hated anything that made me stand out even more than I already stood out from my white classmates. And in America, names, especially in with like in reference to blackness, it's such a thing. Like there's like this whole idea of like appropriate names and there's like this running... I don't know what to call it, theme, I guess, that, you know, in America, it's like, oh, Black people name their kids all these, like, crazy things. And so I was always really sensitive to that. You know, I moved through the world as a Black woman, even though my dad came up with my name, my dad is Indian. Teresa in and of itself isn't such, a, like, an unusual name. I've heard a lot of other, you know, other pronunciations, like um, the French, like Therese, is, I've heard that like, quite often. But the way he spells it is uh, his own, I think, concoction. The story goes, I don't know, I need to definitely get like more clarity because I'm just like repeating what I heard growing up. But the boy's name Reese, R-H-Y-S, is basically where the foundation of my name came from. And then they just like put a T-E before it. And so that's how they came up with it. There is that stigma in America of like black names being silly or like ridiculous or nonsensical. I always felt so self-conscious about it growing up. It was like kind of ironic because my dad is Indian. Like he's not the black parent. He's the Indian when he came up with the name. (laughs) Good old dad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I was, you know, so afraid to correct people for the longest time. It's actually not until my 30s have I become like comfortable correcting people about my name. Now I, I don't feel bad or guilty or nervous to do it. I just say, oh, just so you know, this is how my name is spelled. Um, Did you also have that situation when you were at school and you could tell when the teacher got to your name? Yes, yes. And in Zoom calls, it's the same thing because it's like when I'm in like Zoom meetings work and stuff, people will be like, ha, you know, they won't won't, like say what my name is, but it's, you know, it's funny. It's just kind of like, okay. Mm. So what I used to do is so bizarre and funny now when I think back on it. But when I started working, I used to tell people on purpose to mispronounce my name. So I would have like a little disclaimer at the bottom being like, my name is pronounced Teo. Because at that stage of my life, I hadn't accepted that that was how my name was actually pronounced. Like Tao is how it's actually pronounced. And so I would keep trying to tell people that it's pronounced a certain way when it wasn't pronounced that way. It's super weird when I think about it now. I don't think it's weird. I think it's like a survival mechanism, you know, like it is true that the closer you're to whiteness, the easier life is, you know? So true. Definitely for me as well. It was a product of a lot of just wanting to fit in and like internalized racism against Asian-ness in general, because so the area that I grew up in in Auckland now is like, Asia Central. There's so many like Asian communities there, which is really great. But when I was young there and going through school there, there were only like a small handful of other Asian kids around me. And I was the only one who didn't have a white name. And so it was really, it really bothered me because I remember wanting to like always give myself an English name. 
So I just, yeah, I just wanted to be white all the time because that's who I was mostly surrounded by and that's what I mostly saw. I always told people that the pronunciation of my name came from a teacher at school who pronounced it that way and then it stuck. But actually, I I don't actually know if that was true. Like, I may have just made that up (laughs) in my head (laughs) to kind of almost legitimize the wrong pronunciation. Mm. Um, Yeah, and so... Yeah, it was only until I lived in Japan that I really fully embraced the actual pronunciation of my name. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with me being more connected with my Chinese culture. So why in Japan, like, did, did you just stop correcting people? Or like when Japanese speakers said your name, they like, did they automatically said Tao instead of Teo or? It was all of that. So they naturally just pronounced it Tao. It was also just being surrounded with everyone pronouncing my name right <laughs> and it just being so normal for me. And so I think that really helped me feel really comfortable with it because there were other instances in my life where people pronounced my name the right way. So when I went to Germany for a two-month exchange in high school, everyone in Germany called me Tal. And also, especially here, when I would be in Chinese communities, obviously everyone would look at my name and be like, oh yeah, Tao. And so I would accept that. But outside of that, I guess it might go back to wanting to fit in as well. Just I would always change the pronunciation. That makes sense. It makes total sense. I think, you know, like, I think that we kind of figure out these systems and like ways that we like contort to like whiteness because it's like a survival mechanism so yeah and so like beyond myself I know also that like for example when people with non-white names apply for jobs often if they change their name to something more Anglican then they would be more likely to get a callback for an interview Mm -hmm. and it all goes back to just wanting to fit in and wanting an easier life for yourself. Yeah. Was there a part of you that was like really scared to come back to New Zealand and like embark on this um, like name journey? Or were you like, when I get back, I'm going to tell people what's what. (laughs) It was a bit of both. So I did actually think about it a lot when I was in the process of moving back home because I was like, shit, how do I pronounce my name? in front of people and then I just thought no I'm gonna from now on I'm gonna tell people how to pronounce it the right way but then there's that issue with people who have known me for a really long time pronouncing it Teo and that is who I am to them and to be honest like for me personally if they were to start calling me Tao it would be like they'd be like referring to a different person because for that stage of my life I was Teo, like that was my identity. So I don't know if there's even like a right or wrong way to go about it. Well, I would say, what about people who get married and they change their last names? I mean, everyone in their lives like can easily do it. True. Yeah, this is true. Maybe it's timely to like talk about issues like this because I think more and more people are being aware of how significant properly pronouncing someone's name is just from like things I've been reading and also um, when Kamala Harris was elected, right? Like wasn't there a whole 
thing about the way that her name was pronounced by different newscasters. Oh my gosh, yes. And then Sonia Sotomayor messed up her name when she was wearing her in. I was so mad. <laughs> I I didn't really follow it, but like how bad was it? So I, to be frank, I just kind of like dipped out of looking at the news. I would just kind of look at the headlines and be like, okay, what's the fire today? You know, but um, I don't really, I wasn't really keyed into to the racism that she was experiencing. I like heard news people saying it, but I didn't really ever take a deep dive. But when she was sworn in on inauguration day, Sonia Sotomayor is a chief, ju- she, she's a Supreme Court justice, not the chief justice, sorry, but she's a Supreme Court justice, which um, they're like the the highest judges in America and they like are appointed for life. And Sonia Sotomayor is the first woman of color to be appointed. She's Latinx. So of of course, Kamala asked her to be the one to swear her in and she messed up her name. (laughs) And like the, (laughs) and the thing is like, you know, I read Sonia Sotomayor's uh, um, memoirs and she like excelled and achieved at a like extremely high level. And I was like, why would she mess this up? Like, she knows how this woman's name is pronounced. There's no way she's ignorant of that. And because she's somebody who has displayed excellence in so much of her life and, like, attention to detail, I'm assuming as part of that, like, I was just gobsmacked. Because also when Obama was sworn in, Mm. they also messed up his name. John Roberts, who is the chief justice, who's, like, I guess, like, the king of the Supreme Court justices, he, like, didn't say Obama's middle name, which is Hussein. And Obama like paused a little bit and then like ha- he had to do the swearing in ceremony again because um because his name wasn't done properly. Honestly, like how hard is it to properly pronounce someone's name? <laughs> it's true. You're right. Because it's like we learned. Have you seen that meme of like if people can say Tchaikovsky, then they can pronounce <laughs> oh, yeah, your name too? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I saw something really funny on Twitter recently. Um, this woman was reminiscing on school camp back in the day and I think they had like an exchange student or international student from China and there was one girl who couldn't pronounce her name so she just called her Stacy and then this Chinese girl started calling her Bing Bong because (laughs) 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 just out of spite I love it I support it If I was trying to be fair, like, sure, some sounds might be hard, but you have to try. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It's just kind of, uh, it's like one of the like more, I think because it's like one of the less directly like, or one of the lesser damaging things about structural racism that it's like something that we're like, oh, there's already so much. Like, I'm not going to harp on this too, you know, but Honestly, it's like a fundamental part of your being, like what you are called. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fundamental to who you are. And yet, like you were saying before, there's sort of like a resistance to correcting people. Why do you think for you, like, why do you think it took you until like your 30s to feel comfortable correcting? I think it was a, um, it was like a combination of multiple things. It was like me just like getting older and like not caring about upsetting other people more. It was me being more self-confident and realizing that I'm not putting people out by asking them to call me by the right name. (laughs) You know, I don't think I recognized that I had internalized racism in any kind of significant way until this year. I probably would have said I did, but I don't think I actually was like, Oh, actually I do. And I, and I, and I'm working on it now, which I never did before. You know, I think I was like aware of it in name only, but I didn't really change my behavior in a way to like help to heal that 
And this year I am. And then, you know, it's just because it's hard to look at that part of you. It's hard to like look at the things that you did to make yourself closer to whiteness. For me, it's hard to do that. Yeah, I feel kind of similar because I don't feel like it was until recently that I really felt comfortable looking at my own internalized racism. But especially it helps, especially with like people around me, like yourself and like some of my other friends, like actually being open and talking about these struggles that we had growing up. Another thing that I was thinking about is your name is so personal to you. So should I be more bothered about the fact that I don't really care if some people call me Teo still? Because I still identify as that because that's who I was at that time of my life. And I feel like it would almost be like erasing that. That's a good question. You know, I don't... I think you get to determine that. Like, I think if you wake up today and decide it doesn't bother you and then you wake up tomorrow and decide that it does, I think that's your prerogative. Yeah. If anyone listening also has the same issue or a similar issue, please message me because I'd love to, like, talk more about this. But, yeah, no, um, thank you for having this little discussion with me. It's been really interesting. And also to hear about your experience as well. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing this with me, too. This is such a good idea. And I always am so impressed when people are able to be vulnerable about these sort of things to a public audience. So you are very brave. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I think my audience right now is not very big. So (laughs) maybe it doesn't feel as scary. (laughs) Hey, you never know with these things. It's always, you know, like they kind of blow up in ways that you don't expect. So I I think I think even taking this step to being willing to make it available to people i think regardless of how many people actually listen to it i think is really brave and cool oh thank you thank you for always being so supportive thanks for listening don't hesitate to reach out if you want to share your story too whether that's your own name angst experiences or if you want to be a guest on this podcast find this podcast on facebook and instagram or email hello at notyourtokenminority.com And finally, I would really, really appreciate your support in subscribing to and sharing this podcast.